What is up, pals? Thank you for joining us on another episode of We Watched Falcon Winter Soldier. Here today, we are going to talk about episode five, Truth, of the show. And joining me to discuss this excellent episode is none other than the Bucky to my cap, Phil Casey. Oh, man, it's an honor to be your Bucky today, Cap. Uh, got a lot of stuff I need to work through. Can't wait to do it with you over the next hour here. <laughs> Uh, locomotive, benign, uh, fire truck. Uh, I'm out of words. Oh, thank God. I, was, I thought this was gonna get real bad. <laughs> Almost had it. Who would you um, send me to go? Uh, silence <laughs> can't have you being silent. Can't That's have right. that. Uh, so before we dive into this review and reaction video, we do want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. If you've never heard our show before, every single Monday we drop our main show where we discuss these characters and many others, wherever it is that you can find them, whether it be in television, comics themselves, or movies. We talk about all that and the news from the industry itself. So all kinds of stuff. Make sure that you guys are leaving us a rating, a review, and following us wherever it is that you find us. And if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. Leave us a comment, share the video with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Now, let's jump right into it. Last week, we were left on, first of all, maybe the best single shot of the series so far, which was John Walker's Captain America holding the bloody shield, uh, an undershot of him looking, you know, kind of maniacal um, as he reckons with what he just did, the world indeed was watching as he assassinated someone basically murdered someone in cold blood um and this episode picks up pretty quickly right after that uh as john walker has kind of run into this warehouse to try and clear his head get get his stuff together and he has been chased by um bucky and and sam and they they basically immediately get into this this brawl uh, Falcon tries to reason with him, but once Falcon asks for the shield back, that's when John Walker kind of realizes, wait a second, oh, so you just want the shield back? That's all this is? And they have a, a, a huge fight. I was kind of surprised at how quickly they dove into that encounter, um, but I guess it makes sense. How did you feel about that? You know, leading into that, when he runs into the, when John runs into the warehouse, there's another great example of just like great cinematography where he's like hunched over the shield and there's this lighting from the window in the warehouse kind of draped over him. And there's this, you know, the rest of the room is cast in shadow or it's like, it's like the point of no return for him. Sure. And that's what he does. He gets up and he you know reflects on what Lamar would say, and he's got work to do. Yes. Great bit of storytelling there. Um, I was also surprised to see that they would decide to break out in the fight right away. But you're right. I mean, one incident spills right into the other. Where would he go? I guess the only thing that I can think of that could have been done, not that this is better, is that in the middle of their conflict, like, you know, government people arrive to, like, detain him or something to interrupt the fight. Sure. Um, but that's not the story being told here. Right. And I, I like the idea that he is, um, you know, subdued by Bucky and, and, and Falcon. Um, and, That's you know, fight. it was. And, and, and I really like Falcon's approach to every situation that we've seen him in so far on the show in that he tries to talk it out first. He always tries to reason with people. Um, and if it doesn't work, then he does what he has to do. But he would rather, you know, talk to you. And that's a very Steve quality. You know, we've seen Steve Rogers do that on several occasions. Um, and maybe Falcon does it even more than Steve did. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I don't remember every single encounter, but I think he might throughout this show. And, you know, in fairness, I don't think Steve Rogers was uh, taking the diplomatic approach with, with Thanos when he showed up again. Right. Right, exactly. Um, so many of the encounters that he had were situations where you couldn't really reason with the person, but um, just it's a good yeah. quality in a 
in like a Captain America. It's it's a you know uh, in 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 all the romanticized glory, like America is supposed to be this beacon of democracy that is able to reason with leaders of other countries to the merits right. and values of the United States. That's the Steve Rogers way. Obviously, what the United States more often does is the Johnny Walker way. Exactly, and it really is. This show is a tale of like two Americas, um, the the America we want to be which is, is Falcon, uh, and the America that we are, which is uh, John Walker. And I guess I mean that more from like a, a top perspective, like the top of, our, of, of America, the brass, you know, the people who, are, who make the decisions in this country, um, and the way that we deal with other countries and things like that, like you just said. Um, and, you know, this episode really breaks down and goes even deeper into why Sam is the Captain America that we deserve. Well, it raises the question. You say two Americas, and one of them is Sam. The show asks the question, is the country ready for Sam to be Captain America? Can it handle that? Right. And I think it's a, it's the way it deals with that is so... Um, multi-layered because on the surface is you know the question of can america handle a a black captain america um and i think that that is the most obvious question sure because that going in yeah exactly but i also think that in addition you know the way that so captain america in 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 the movies is accepted in large part due to the fact that he is a relic. When you look at Captain America, you think about the best of America. You know, you're talking about a time where we were at a war, in a war rather, that was a good war. That was a war that, you know, we were supposed to be in. We were heroic. We did the right thing. And he, in in Marvel lore, was the forward-facing representative of America in that battle. And also the the person you most associated with the American military. Yeah, you know, you've been in school, you're taught three, about three primary wars the United States waged in. uh, And are all ones that the United States looks the best in the best light in. So the American Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and uh, obviously World War II, because what's worse than slave owners and what's worse than Nazis. Right. And yeah, many comics obviously have tackled on this, tackled on this kind of thing of um, the uh, complicated legacy of the United States from the Cold War on, and that's Johnny Walker here in this show. He's exactly. not a veteran of World War II; he's a veteran of the Afghanistan War, and a lot of good people have died in that war. But it's a war of a complicated legacy that we're still embroiled in. Right, absolutely, and I think that the show doesn't. This, well, the show kind of does dive into this, and I guess you see that through the Flag Smashers, yeah. in that Carly Morgenthau is a young person. Um, I don't know how old they they are portraying her in the show, but the the actual um, the actual actor who plays her is twenty three years old. Erin oh. uh, Kellyman is 20, 22, 23 years old, and so she looks at. Just that shield, not forget who's wearing it. It doesn't matter. She looks at that and sees, you know, the complex, the negative history of the United States of America. And I think that a lot of people will and would look at anyone wearing that shield who's not Steve Rogers in a similar light because of everything we've done bad, wrong in the last 60 years or what have you. Yeah. Um. And so no matter who's wearing the shield, they're going to have to be burdened by that. And it, obviously, John Walker could not handle that pressure. But when Sam puts, when Sam wears the shield, if they eventually go down that road, which it seems pretty clear that they yeah. will based on this episode, he's going to have to reckon with not only that, but his identity, his race. And the key to why he is the proper representative of America to wear that shield is the fact that he's the only person that we have seen so far who can reason with Carly Morgenthau, who represents a group of people who do not trust America. 
Yeah. I mean, look at the way Baron Zemo presented it to Bucky and to everyone else is that she is so uh, radicalized that she cannot be reasoned with. Right. Um, and another thing that really shines a light on how qualified Sam is to be this, to take up this mantle is the speech he has, the back and forth he has with Bucky at the end of the episode. He gets through to Bucky and basically talks about how he can't, you know, basically live in other people's shadows. He's got to determine what kind of man he wants to be on his own. He offers advice on how to like find peace in his soul. But at the end of the day, it's like he's almost projecting what he needs to do. He, like Sam can't be Steve Rogers, Captain America. He has to be Sam Wilson, Captain America. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, you know, we've seen so many scenes of Falcon, not just being, you know, diplomatic, but also just being genuinely inspiring. caring and inspiring. Yeah. And it's, it's a message of hope Yeah, that, you know, these characters like, like uh, Bucky clearly need. And, you know, it makes me wish that things had gone a different way with uh, Carly Morgenthau. Of course, we don't know how the show's going to end. We have one episode to go. But based on the fact that they're, they're trying to do some type of terrorist attack in New York City, uh, I, don't think this, I don't think that she's going to land in a nice place. But I wish that John Walker hadn't interfered. So yeah. maybe, um, you know, Falcon could have brought her down that would that would have been great to see but obviously that's not necessarily interesting television yeah exactly these shows are driven by conflict and uh you know uh, de-escalating a, a battle through talking isn't i think that's pretty compelling television but i think as a whole people would get bored of that and there's enough people that are uh, calling the show boring or whatever which obviously i don't agree with i think the show is fantastic I. yeah um it, it, it's making an interesting point i think in in light of the times we live in um we always talk about how um how appropriate a, a good superman movie would be and i feel like that's the kind of thing that's at work here is like the values that uh, that we look to for like a superman or a captain america i think uh, a lot of people and i'm speaking kind of broadly waxing philosophically here is that a lot of people i feel talk like over each other they don't talk with each other um like the ideological conflicts between just human beings are as stark as ever. Uh, this show, I feel like, is positing that someone is uh, radicalized as a terrorist and someone who's, you know, a special ops soldier kind of person for the government who, you know, is processing the complicated legacy of the American government and his relationship to Black people uh, may be able to find a way to resolve a conflict peacefully. I think that's a very... Um, interesting message and it pulled off well an inspiring one yeah and a lot of people were um you know decrying this show before it even came out about the fact that they didn't think that the show would would do anything uh deep with some of the themes that were clearly on the surface and a lot of people thought that um this show was going to just sort of glorify america and the military and I have to tell you, um, I really don't understand why people do that. I don't understand why people have those kinds of thoughts because the MCU, I, I don't know if we're even watching the same things. Like the MCU doesn't do that, it, especially not um, in the last phase. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like there's relics of that in the first phase. Yeah, fine. But it, especially in this phase, and even when you watch Winter Soldier, like the idea that that the government is co-opted by an evil <laughs> Nazi organization and no one knows this because these people are able to assimilate themselves, like come, I, I don't really get it. But wow, well, that's kind of like the QAnon thing, huh? Kind of prophetic. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> a absolutely. Um, but this show. I don't think was ever going to be that. I don't think it was yeah. ever going to be that type of thing. And it wouldn't be worth doing if it was, but put that aside. Yeah. You know, this show has, has dug deep. It's dug deep into these, these complicated issues. And so let's get into it. Yeah. In this episode, Sam goes back and he meets with Isaiah again, Isaiah Bradley. He meets with him again. And Isaiah doesn't want to keep talking about, what happened to him, but clearly Sam is working through something. 
And Sam is a proactive person in that he's he's got to do this. He's got to figure out why he's struggling so much, whether he should wield the shield or not. And, you know, Isaiah tells him, look, this country chewed me up and spit me out. It used me. I saw what happened to the Tuskegee Airmen. They came back and there was no there was no country for them. You know, there was no uh, fanfare. There was no, uh, you know, award ceremony. There was just pain and just memories of a war they fought that no one is even thankful to them for. And so he said, so screw it. You know, they, 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 they used me, they abused me. And Sam leaves that conversation saying, this country is not ready for me, for a black man to wield the shield. And in those moments, uh, for me, as a, as a black person, it really underscored something that I think a lot of us deal with, many of us deal with, which is feeling like no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter how righteous or good a person you are, you will always be worse than a second-class citizen, you know, just just barely even human, um, not allowed to live your dreams, use and abuse, chewed up and spit out, and it's painful. So I totally understood where Sam was coming from. That was that was a question I was going to ask you. Is mm. Isaiah Bradley makes kind of the point that Sam shouldn't be Captain America because right. what does what does he owe America? You know, look yeah. what America's done not just to Isaiah Bradley and his you know brothers, but you know pretty much every single black person in the history of the country. Uh, do you feel like? it was appropriate for Sam to even like at you know, the end of the episode implies he's going to be Captain America. Do you think it's appropriate for him to be Captain America in light of all that? I do. And I think that, look, if it were me, right. If it were me, I probably wouldn't, but that's the difference between me and Sam, you know, Sam is a person who, wants to be better you know he wants to do the right things his his mentor in a lot of ways even though sam was already this person when he meets steve um you know he got to sit under that tree and that's who he aspires to in a lot of ways um he is the falcon to to caps to steve's cap right in the sense yeah. that he is an appropriate sidekick to steve but now that steve is gone He's going to step up to center stage and, and be that hero. Um, and he can take it. You know, John Walker couldn't take it. Bucky can't take it. And when I say take it, I mean the criticism. I mean the fact that all the eyes are on you because he's a good man. He's, he's not hiding skeletons. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't have anything to hide from the world. And he can answer those tough questions. He can be heroic. And so, yeah, I do think, and I think also that he's willing to take on this role, knowing that he will have a lot of pushback just because of who he is. Yeah. But there are so many people who need him. You know who needs him? His nephews need him. His nephews need to see him in that costume. When, when, when he has that shield and, and his one nephew is tracing his hand around the star, I felt that, you know, because when that, when that child grows up to be a man, there will be a, a, a person who's not only in his life, but is a figure in America that's black, that stands for the best of all of humanity. And that matters. That's why he has to do it. That's a, that's a good answer. Uh, there's another moment in that speech where Isaiah is telling uh, Sam kind of a story where he says, there will never be a black Captain America. And I, I took like a cynical message from that because the show is called Falcon Winter Soldier. You know, Sam's not starring in a Captain America movie. Yet. Right. And if we cross that bridge, then it's a different conversation. But it felt those words uh, transcended the boundaries of the, of the, of the television screen because yes. it felt like, well, 
you know, Disney, will there be a black Captain America? I'm so glad you said that. Um, I think that the naming of this show makes so much more sense now. When they first announced it and he was, it was Falcon Winter Soldier and not Captain America and Bucky or Captain America Winter Soldier, I was pissed because we clearly see at the end of Endgame that Steve gives the shield to Sam. And so my thought was, okay, well, it's a done deal. That's what it is. But I love that they took a beat to say, wait, there's a lot to work through before not Sam can earn the shield, but before we can earn Sam. And that's a different thing. Sam is the rightful Captain America, but we don't deserve him. We have to go through John Walker to get to Sam. We have to reckon with that. Yeah. Yeah. We have to reckon with these things first. We have to go through this pain. Yeah. And and Sam has to go through that pain. And I think it's beautiful that they did this this way. In a lot of ways, we're seeing the origin of the true Marvel Cinematic Universe Captain America. Oh, interesting. How do you figure? So when we first see Steve, um, the, the very, very first time, he's not Cap, but... We see his origin and stuff, and that's fine. It takes place in the past, and he is the legacy hero. He is the first legacy hero in the MCU in the sense that he is, you know, from a bygone era. And he dies. He well, he he doesn't die, but he's gone. He's not he's yeah. not around anymore. He might as well be dead. Exactly. And so now we have a Captain America who represents this america steve as great a hero as he as he was doesn't represent america not now not not the way it is um he doesn't understand ideas of it right yeah he doesn't understand it um he doesn't reckon with it it's not it's not his problem america as it is is never steve's problem in 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 the movies uh, he's fighting the good fight against Thanos and against you know pe- people that like you just obviously have to take down and that's that. His Sam's conflicts on the are internal. Sorry, his conflicts are internal conflicts. Right. Yeah. Like it, his re- his relationship from the past, like that's like a central conflict for him. Exactly. Or like if the government does something that he deems inappropriate, that's like his biggest external conflict, I guess. Yeah. Is the reckoning between a a government that's gone uh, astray, awry versus his values. Think, think about the difference between Captain America, civil war and civil war, the comic in that in civil war, the comic caps caps problem. The, the problem that the, the book presents is that maybe Captain America doesn't, Maybe, maybe the way that he wants things to be, maybe what he's fighting for isn't where America is right now. Maybe it's not where right. America is at the, at the moment. And maybe he needs to fall back. Um, even if he's right. Even if he's right, that doesn't mean that he has to continue to fight that fight. Whereas Captain America Civil War is not about that. It's about whether or not plainly, matter of factly, whether or not superheroes should be allowed to act unilaterally. That's all that movie's about. Sam Wilson has to deal with America as it is, warts and all, on the ground, with the people, you know? And that's different. And he is the leader that the Avengers need. He's the leader that America needs. And I think that's a different thing. I I love that you said all that. I think that's all incredibly eloquent. And this episode spends the entire middle third really ironing out why Sam should be Captain America. Mm -hmm. The scene that really comes to mind that really, I mean, there's the Isaiah Bradley scene. The the one, let me rephrase that. The scene that comes to mind that we haven't mentioned that really, I feel like cements that is when he calls all the friends or uh, children of his parents' friends, he basically calls in the community to help. And that that's, 
you know, that's class, like classical, like American value type thing, but also it represents like his capacity to bring people together. Exactly. And also going just a little bit deeper, it represents the, the communities that are disenfranchised yes. or marginalized ability to unify when we need to. And this is not something that the show's necessarily trying to say, but I'm saying it. We're so divided and we're so broken, but we have the capacity to unite and it takes good people to do that. And obviously he's just calling it a favor, but the reason that they're willing to do it isn't just because of the legacy that his parents left behind. It's because of who he is. You know, yeah. it's because of who his sister is. It's because of the the, the stature that they hold in that community, um, despite their parents being gone. And it's such an important thing to showcase. It's such an important message. And again, it underscores why he's the right person. He can bridge that gap. He can do it in his community and he can do it in America. And just like his sister says, he's willing to fight two battles, one at home to ha- like support a family. I mean, what family did Steve have in 2014, really? You know, he's a man out of time. Right. He's, and that was like the whole thing of Bucky's. Like, that's his only connection to his past. Sam has a family. Sam has a community. He can fight the battle for those people, his, you know, people in his own community. And he can go overseas and fight international terrorists that threaten to you know do who knows what to new york and if he dies obviously steve would be mourned but there's no one at home who will be broken by his loss you know steve is a super soldier in the sense that like all he lives for is the fight and that's it in age of ultron he doesn't care that they that they're gonna die when Ultron is raising that that piece of land and they're gonna smash it. It doesn't matter to him. There's no one. There's no one for him to worry about. He wants to go back to to Peggy. Yeah. You know, someone who's dead. Yeah, that's what he cares about. Um, Sam has so much more to be concerned with, and I think it makes him a more interesting character because he has two ties and roots. Um, and it makes him exploitable. We see how uh, last episode Carly Morgenthau called Sarah Sam's yeah. sister, and that obviously is not great. And Sam was very concerned about that. I think that's something that you can play with a lot um, as his story continues. Yeah, I, I think a good way to kind of summarize what you just said is, you know, Steve, you know, has things he can die for as a hero, but Sam has everything to live for. Yes, exactly. That's that is exactly right. Um, let's let's move forward because there there were you know quite a bit of things that happened here. So John Walker gets you know handled by um, the the tag team of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and this this was very much um, reminded me of like a WWE handicap match. Uh, my, um, my first thought was uh, Iron Man versus Bucky and Cap. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. I, I had the same thing, but yeah, that's thought. fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's Rey Mysterio and uh, Ricochet versus Braun Strowman or something. So, uh, am I crazy? Because last week I said that I felt like John Walker took the serum, and you and Kale said no, but I rewatched that episode, and he's okay. clearly like way stronger than he should be for a human. He bends a piece of metal. And in this episode, he punches Bucky and he goes flying. Yeah. And he breaks his arm. I, I watching that fight. It made me realize that he definitely like doubled up on the dose, which also yeah. explains like the psychosis. Right. Absolutely. And it's weird. It's a little bit weird that the show doesn't explicitly say that he did it. But in the last episode, when He's fighting the guy that he eventually kills. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's Sam sees him bend that metal and he's like, John, what did you do? Yeah. And so I, I think it's weird that the show's not saying he took it, 
but he clearly did. I don't think I don't think we can deny that anymore, right? In that moment when he bends the steel, see, uh, as a comic book reader, it's hard to reckon some of that sometimes because in the comics, I'm like ninety percent sure Captain America can do that. Like he yeah. can bend steel. So an yeah. MCU can't really do that. He, you know, he's more in, he's an enhanced human, but he can't bend metal like that. Uh, so in that moment. When he said that, like, I, I guess my streams were crossed with like what Captain America can do, what, what a super soldier can do in this kind of continuity. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he bent it, my reaction is like, he's talking to John, like John is, you know, running ramshackle here. Right. Sure. But, I could see that. But you're right. Is show really doesn't make that explicitly clear. It's implied. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I, um, I think subtext is important. Uh, you don't get a lot of subtext from MCU shows. Uh, it's just uh, when a lot of people watch something like this, uh, things can be lost in translation or subtext. I'll be, I'll feel pretty dumb if in the next episode they show him taking the serum. But for now, I'm operating <laughs> under the assumption that he took it. But in any event, moving forward, he ends up at a trial. Well, it was not even really a tri- I guess it wasn't really a trial. It was just a sentencing. Yeah. Um, where they've they, he's been officially stripped of the role of Captain America by the U.S. government, and I thought this scene was so powerful because they're you know telling him how you know he's not going to have he's going to be dis other than honorably discharged, and he's not going to have benefits and and things like that, and he's lucky that he's not spending the rest of his life in jail, blah blah blah, and he's like, I am what you made me, and that's so important and powerful because it would be really easy and i think in lesser hands this is what would happen he would just be the villain and that's it but that's not the case he is what he was made to be by this country he was sent elsewhere to another country to fight a war that wasn't just had to do things i'm sure and had things done to him that he's still haunted by to this very day and is put in a position to be a, the representative of this country without the proper um, uh, mental health, um, you know, without without anything, you know, it's really screwed up. He doesn't have the autonomy of like a, an individual man. He's he's a soldier, and so is Steve. But Steve had a conscience. He wasn't created by the government, and if anything. I, if anything, he had to do everything he could just to fight in World War II. That was a whole first Avenger film. Um, he's a tool. That's all he is. He's a tool of, of, of U.S. foreign policy and all its baggage that comes with it. Because, you know, I, I think most people aren't, you know, ignorant to the fact of, of, of the monstrosities the United States government has performed in like the Middle East and Latin America the last 30 years. And, and Johnny Walker personifies that. He's 1,000% right when he says, you are what you create. I, I am what you made me. Yeah, I love that scene. And then he gets he gets uh, propositioned <laughs> by none other than uh, uh, Count, what's her name? Countess? Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. There you go. AKA Madam Hydra, which is a big deal because if she's active, that means that Hydra is still active. And after Winter Soldier, the implication is that Hydra is kind of done. And I love that this movie or this show rather is telling us, no, Hydra is still a factor and they're still major players we haven't met we've never seen viper uh this is our first encounter with madam hydra i still stand by the theory that um that uh shoot who's the guy who's the guy in the tv the uh uh uh, was that uh um uh shoot i forget myself hold on i can't yeah you keep talking yeah um i stand by the theory that he's still out there so i just love that thread because you know, whether this show gets a second season or we get into a movie starring uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America, he's going to need villains. And there's Hydra's as great as any for any Captain America. Yeah. And in addition to that, 
it makes sense that not all the heads of the Hydra was cut off, right? Right. And you know, you want to he. I think Johnny Walker is Arnim Zola, by the way. Sorry. Thank you. I was I have it in front of me, but I, I needed to skim through a, a paragraph and it was my turn to talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure he's not dead either. His consciousness is uploaded somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we I think Johnny Walker is sympathetic to an extent. You know, he starts working with Hydra, even if it's kind of unwittingly, it, it makes him a pawn again, which is that's kind of his story arc here, is that all he is is a pawn, a tool, a weapon. So let me ask you this. Do you think that, again, we don't know what's going to happen in the, the final uh, episode. Do you think that this character, John Walker, U.S. agent, will kind of exist in a gray area beyond this show? Or do you think that he is an out-and-out bad guy? Hmm. That's a good question. I think the because even in his last scene that we see him in in this episode, you know, he goes to Lamar's house to visit his parents and his sister, and he does a good thing. Like, yeah, you know, we all know that it wasn't right for him to just brutally murder that guy, but to Lamar's family, that's closure. Justice was done, and. To be fair, in war, that's exactly what he would have done. Yeah. And nobody would have said, you were wrong for that. They would have said, you know, good stuff. They killed a brother. They killed a, a brother in arms. you got to get them back. Even Here's though... Purple Heart. Right, exactly. He would have been awarded for that same exact action where he in another... Where he in a, a, a wartime battlefield, the same exact thing he did would have gotten him an award and in this situation probably because it was it was recorded he is now stripped of the best thing about his life which was being captain america i think that's awful but go on i think he's the villain in this episode like a tragic villain but yeah the reality is his interests come in direct conflict to uh falcon i think falcon's going to be able to uh resolve a conflict without half of new york blowing up but i think the ultimate showdown is going to be between him and johnny because that's what this whole this whole series has been building up sure we also still don't know the identity of the power broker and we also still don't know a bartok though that was cool but batrock batrock yeah is is sharon carter the power broker I was wondering that too. And I thought throughout the entire series, something was off about her because her yeah. entire demeanor is just so much more calloused. Uh, this is a woman who's had to kind of improvise on the run for the last, you know, seven years, I guess. Right. It was like, I guess civil war, right? Uh, yeah. It's been, so it's been five years longer because they're five years in the, they're five years ahead of us. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So because of the the after this, the, the blip, yeah, the blip, yeah. So, yeah, it certainly is implied that she is. Um. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. It's kind of disappointing. I was hoping for it to be someone who we haven't necessarily seen yet or haven't seen in a while. But if that's not who she is, if that's not the case, then it doesn't really make any sense because yeah, why else is she in the show? And it wouldn't be narratively satisfying if it was a rando at this point. It can't be a random. I thought it was going to be uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. We haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I also don't think U.S. Agent dies in the next episode. I, I have a feeling that like Baron Zemo and probably uh, Peggy Carter, like they're going to be left to dangle for sure. more stuff. Or excuse me, <laughs> Peggy, that'd be wild. <laughs> Sharon Carter. Uh, I think they'll be left to dangle in the wind for future stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, do, do you do you think U.S. agents going to be evil? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't. Uh, or more I don't of see a how traditional villain, I should say. I don't see how the show or the MCU can say that this guy gets to kill a person and be anything other than that. Yeah. Like he can be shades of gray. In the sense that he has moments of 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 doing the right thing, a Punisher kind of thing. Worse than that, hmm. 
because the Punisher ultimately what he does is like good in this like it's you can qu- you can quibble with who his he ca- with his methods but he doesn't kill people who don't need to die John Walker killed someone who didn't need to die yeah uh yeah um, he could have been easily detained exactly and also uh he didn't kill Lamar and on top of that Mm-hmm. That guy, even though I guess John wouldn't know this necessarily, but that guy was shown to disagree with Carly's methods a lot. Um, he was he was her more moral compass, and similar to how Lamar was John's moral compass. Now they're both gone. You could probably say is, 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 this is kind of inconsequential, but you could probably say the same thing about people Punisher kills too. I'm sure not every single person he kills is like a major crime lord or whatever. Um. No, but they're pedophiles or they're sure. gangsters or they're people who do explicit harm for personal gain. Hmm. And I think there's a big difference between that and the the guy that John killed. Um, I, I do want to circle back a little bit just to sure. highlight the fact that Val is being played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus here. Oh, yeah, Seinfeld. of course. How could we and Vice. Uh, that's so much fun. That was amazing. That was so random. I and she was amazing in that quick two minute scene. She just ate it up, chewed it up like it was nothing. Absolutely, very reminiscent for me of Catherine Hahn from Wandavision, in the sense that it's an actor you don't quite expect who is more known for their comedy stuff. Yeah. Um, and obviously she was doing humorous stuff. Like it was a funny scene, but I'm sure given who she's playing, there's a lot more in the tank, um, and a lot of sinister stuff to come which I'm, I'm excited about. Um, and I, I don't want to belabor this episode for too long, but I really love how the MCU is getting more comfortable with, you know, recurring villains and putting things out there and not necessarily resolving them right away. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Which obviously when you only have movies to work with, finality is important in the sense that when the movie ends, everyone who saw it should feel good about what they watched and not feel like there are too many things dangling. And that's probably why they end up killing so many of the villains. But the longer the MCU has gone on, the more we're seeing stuff like, the, you know, this is Batroc's third appearance. Um, Baron Zemo didn't die here. He gets taken away by the they door Milaje. Reintroduce him and put him back away. Exactly. And, and we know he's going to come back. I and mean, it's Baron Zemo. That's what he does. So I'm really pleased with that. And... Uh, Madam Hydra represents the future of what Cap's going to have to deal with, and I love that we can expect to see that going forward. Um, I think there's one other major topic I'd like to kind of cover in this episode, and that's Bucky's character arc. Yeah. Bucky, um, you know, throughout the series, he's looking for a path. He's, he's doing the Scarlet Witch thing in the sense that he's like, not looking for a path. He, you know, he's a man who feels like he's always living in his own past. Um, and the scene with Baron Zemo, where you know he cocks a gun in front of him, he doesn't shoot, and he drops all the bullets. And you know, Zemo's like, "I crossed your name. I crossed my name off your book for you." How do you feel about kind of Bucky's path now? Uh, well, I think that this is where I was hoping they would go. Um, the comments... with his sister with uh, Sam's... that was hilarious yeah that was really funny um but the comics have not really done a tremendous job of moving him forward since um after he sorry since remender no um brubaker rather excuse me yeah i I guess since since brubaker since he wore the shield and then cap came back he's kind of not really had uh a clear story and they haven't really resolved his feelings but this show has done a lot of work to set him on the right path. Last week, I called out how um, Io refers to him as James at the end of their encounter, which felt to me like a rejection of him. Here, he does the right thing and turns Baron Zemo over to the Dormilage, and she refers to him as White Wolf again. But she does tell him to lay low from returning to Wakanda for a little while. So even though um, I think that I think the implication for me was like, we're cool again, but 
you know, you need mm. some time off. We need, we need, we need space from you. Okay. And I think uh, narratively, it was important that Bucky doesn't have the ability to just go back to Wakanda. He has to make himself a home. Uh, and that's kind of what Falcon tells him, which is, you know, everything that you're doing is, you know, to make yourself feel better and to right wrongs by putting down people who you enable. But what you need to do is make things right with the people that you hurt. And that's a different thing. And that takes more courage than what Bucky has exhibited so far. If you look back to the first episode of the show, he's comfortable with handling the situation with that woman. Um, Who's like a criminal. Yeah, some criminal uh, from his past. But he's not willing to tell that that man who he befriended, that old man, yes, that he killed his his son because that would have been very uncomfortable and very God, hard. Yeah, that's the hard part. Like you gotta hurt someone that doesn't, you know, that you don't want to hurt. Yeah, but also provide them with closure that they yeah. need. That man is in a die soon. He's very old, and it would be tragic if he died not knowing who killed his son when you know who did it because you did it. Exactly. Yep. So, very, very eloquently put. And that's obviously got to be where his bow ties off in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. And so I love where they're going with him. And I think they're setting him up to be a very, a much more compelling character as he continues to wrestle with those things. He was really charming this episode. Yes. And they this was were. the, this, yes, exactly. This was the best example of the, the sort of uh, banter that they can do that's good that's good and effective and not annoying i think sometimes in other episodes you could say there was a little about too much i think every single episode every element of the show has gotten better and that's the one that i think peaked here it reached its apex and um i loved falcon and uh and bucky together in this episode it was amazing and i gotta say this this episode had me gripped and frankly teared up almost the whole time watching Sam as he was um, training, you know, to take on this gargantuan responsibility, his conversation with Isaiah, some of the stuff between him and his sister, um, the conversation he has with Bucky about what Bucky has to do to move on with his life. The show is just so um, emotionally heavy. It's the heaviest thing I think that the MCU has done. I, WandaVision, yeah, but maybe for me personally, that's how I feel. It's like a different kind of uh, emotional story being told. I feel like this story is wrestling with legacy and and um, kind of like a it's a bigger kind of baggage, you know? Yeah, and well, America's go ahead. It's dealing with grief, like a personal grief. Sure. Wanda, or I'm sorry, America's um, legacy as it relates to Black Americans is something that we're still dealing with. And for a show based in the MCU whose audience is probably large majority white to be willing to deal with this. And for Bucky to say, I didn't realize, this is what he said. Mm -hmm. He said, I didn't realize what Steve was asking you when he gave you that shield and he told me about his plan, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. That was such a powerful moment. Yeah. It was the most powerful moment for me of this episode. And I'm so thankful that this show exists. Yeah. There's two things there. Sam is, we've, we've danced around the entire time, but Sam is Captain America basically confronts like two, like two of America's biggest black marks on its national history, which is its foreign policy and its treatment of black Americans. That's what Sam would confront in that role. And ultimately uh, the show as a whole, you know, Captain America, I gotta think is like the most popular superhero in the country, like from a, like, just like from a normie standpoint, I, I feel like whenever I talk life. to yeah, I feel like maybe next to Batman or something, just like average people that don't read comic books or anything like that, I feel like if you ask them who their favorite superhero is, they always say like Captain America. Uh, that's anecdotal, but I feel like people really aspire to that character or they're inspired by that character. And so uh, I feel like having this kind of conversation with a large white audience, like you mentioned, 
I, I like to believe idealistically that this is a good way to have a complicated race conversation with a giant audience that doesn't yeah. um, overly complicate it, I guess. Absolutely. Um, I'm so in love with this show. I'm bummed out that it's ending. The after credit scene, did you catch it? Is that when a U.S. agent makes a shield? Yep. Uh, yeah. Gives us a clear path for where things are going to go. What's in the Wakandan box for uh, Sam? Man, um, I don't know. I figured it was. I I figured it was new wings. I did too, but I also think it might be a new uniform. It's got to be a uniform because he's he's gonna wear a new uniform. So it's got to be like the Captain America look. He'll be rocking. I'm thinking. Yeah, like Bucky maybe, just knew. Maybe it's wings and a shield. I don't know, but. Yeah. Um, oh God, I can't leave this conversation without saying this. So Torres yes. is obviously in the show Falcon's kind of like, you know, right-hand man sidekick guy. In the comics, he becomes Falcon. <laughs> so <laughs> when, that makes sense, huh? Yeah. So when he says you can keep the wings, uh, that's a foreshadowing or at least a, 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 an Easter egg for the, uh, for the initiated about his possible future. So just wanted to throw that out there. And one last thought I had is that toward the end when they're at like the UN council meeting and like like everyone, the lights go off and like uh, all the flag smashers are there, that like gave me really strong uh, US capital uh, insurrection vibes. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess that they're not, the, the members of the flag smashers are not all um, European or whatever, just because we've seen Carly operating there yeah so that's a good point and There's also by the way central park people that were there you know yeah and and by the way uh the one guy whispering in the other guy's ear one world one people is the same as the the people in captain america winter soldier whispering hail hydra <laughs> well there you go uh, it goes to show that uh movements and ideals can be co-opted by bad people which happens a lot unfortunately exactly exactly um but that's going to do it for our conversation here. Uh, I'm really loving this show. It's amazing. I can't wait to see how it ends. I really hope they stick the landing, but there's no nothing about what we've seen so far that causes me to feel they won't. Um, let us know what you think about it. Write in. Hit us up at comicspals at gmail.com and tell us your thoughts. Of course, before you exit out, hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. Leave us a review if you enjoyed this. If you enjoyed this, give us a like, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know how to do it. We appreciate you for listening to this episode of We Watch Falcon Winter Soldier. We will see you next time for the finale. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. This is a great show.